With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line and a good morning. How you feeling on this Saturday? I guess Michael Lombardi, I should say, Nesson, how you feeling? We asked the question, could the young Celtics grow up and match Giannis? And resoundingly, last night in a classic, they did so. Force of Game 7 as we say good morning to Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi Line. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, my man? Oh, you know, what a great game. Tatum played like uh, the superstar. They needed that. And uh, look, we said yesterday on the program, this Boston team's mentally tough. And the sense that I got watching that game, Patrick, I don't know about you, but I just think Milwaukee's exhausted and Boston's relentless, and this could easily have been over. I mean, if they don't mess up the last four minutes of the last game, not this one, I mean, Boston could be playing Miami in the conference final. But that notwithstanding, I think it was a tremendous effort. They came off the canvas, they put that game behind them, and they showed the kind of mental toughness that you need to have in order to play and beat a champion, and that's what they did last night. Great game. I Great totally game. Loved agree. watching it. And you and I both like the under. It does cash, so the unders continue here in the postseason 2022 in the association. I Just if Tatum hadn't arrived, well, officially yesterday he did. I mean, last night 46 points. Uh, he and Giannis combined 90. How about Giannis's stat line? He goes 44, 20, and 6. 44 and 20, that's the first time since Shaq in 01. You add the six assists, that's never happened. So his numbers continue to go crazy. He didn't get any support, Michael, whereas Tatum got help from Brown and Smart, who combined for 43, and that's the difference. Last night in the half court, Middleton's absence really showed up. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, it, to me, they seem to step slow. Uh, I mean, everything just didn't seem in rhythm for Milwaukee. A lot of that had to do with the effect of Boston's defense and how they were playing defense and how they were playing faster with more energy and, and more relentlessness. And I, and I just think, to me, the minutes are starting to add up. And one thing we know about a seven-game series, it's a test of endurance as much as anything. The, the best team typically wins because there's a residual effect of the game after game after game. It's a boxing match, you know, and you can win the first couple rounds of a boxing match and get knocked out and Boston you know for all the things that they've overcome and been able to endure their mental toughness to me is what was evident and they you know it's funny they've won two games in Milwaukee you know they've gone there twice they've come back and they've been able to do it and that takes a lot of mental toughness meanwhile Milwaukee's won games in Boston so it's kind of that going back and forth both teams have not really had the benefit of the home crowd like we saw with Golden State in Memphis or you know Dallas and certainly Phoenix that the way they've split the series home home but to me I, I admire Boston's mental toughness they got off the mat it's a quick turnaround again I mean Giannis 41 minutes it's going to be hard. Somebody's got to step up. I mean, somebody's got to step up for Milwaukee. Their role players have to play above and beyond. Yeah, and you said it. We'll get to the Game 7s coming up tomorrow as we head back to Boston for that Game 7 in the East. I think you nailed it as far as you know Boston being resilient 
and have a bunch of resolve. The reason being, they were up 14, and then the Bucks cut it to four with about eight minutes to go, and then Tatum goes 10-0, and then there you go. Boston takes off, and that was the game. So there was an opportunity. You could tell it was loud, very loud yep. there in Milwaukee, Michael. But And that's the resolve, and that's where the Celtics looked like they were going to crumble. Defending champs, Giannis, best player in the league. Tatum steps up, hits a couple of jumpers, and the Celtics didn't look back. You know, Hubie Brown talks about closers. You, you, you know, every team, whether it's high school, college, or pro, has to have a closer. Has to have somebody who wants the ball, who knows he can make the shot, and close the game. And last night it was Tatum. And it was clear it was going to be Tatum. Mm-hmm. And Smart added and Brown added their flair to it. But I think ultimately this was what Tatum wanted, and he got it. He didn't shoot well in the last game, and they almost won. You know, for for Milwaukee to win, Tatum can't play well. And that's why they were able to steal that game, game six, game five. But when he shoots like he did and he's playing at the end and he can score when the other team makes their rally, you know, we, you know, not to jump ahead, but when you go back and watch the Memphis Golden State, I mean, that's a that's a tough beat if you took Memphis in the eight because you're six minutes to go yeah, in the game. Course. It's a one point game, oh right? Gosh. That was it's a one point game. Like, what is Golden State doing? Golden State, whether they take on Dallas, your Mavericks, or they take on Phoenix, I know they'd be favorites in the series over the Mavs, and they'll be slight dogs against Phoenix, but. Michael, this Golden State team is sloppy. There's 17 turnovers last night. They decided in the last five minutes of the game to turn it on. Uh, I have no clue. I'm sure you watched it on YouTube this morning. You weren't up at 1 o'clock in the morning. No, I watched it on YouTube. I confess. I, no, I'm no, not which you I mean, should. I'm telling you, I was dozing <laughs> off. But the reason I, I stayed awake is because I was laughing at the Warriors. There was, there was one point in the second half when this game was tight where the Warriors had three straight possessions of turnovers, like consecutive possession, one, two, three of turnovers. And it was just gross. Yeah. But, but, but my point is in the transition between the both games is the Warriors sensed the moment where they needed to turn it around and they did. That's right. And they were able to take a very close game, which looked like eight was way too many points to give the Grizzlies and turn it into an easy cover, which really wasn't. I mean, you could look at the scoreboard when you wake up and say, wow, that was easy money in the bank. It really wasn't. No, no, but that, that to me is the separation. That's how you get to the next level. That's where most teams don't have those kind of players that can make those plays that you need to be able to get to the next level. And, and Boston did with Tatum last night. And they have it, you know, Smart always has been a very clutch player defensively as well. And then Brown, you know, and they were able to do what they needed to do. So they, they turned it around and that mental toughness. I mean, look, it, it's easy to say you're going to get off the mat. It's another thing to get off the mat. And, and Boston got off the mat and played well. You know, Michael, in with when you're leader and Tatum's your best player, you need him to not be bashful. And I was taking a look at the stats from the last three. He's taken 85 shots in the last three games. Whereas you might say, hey, you got a lot of talent surrounding you. No, I, I like the resolve. And I, I like the dogmatism of just saying, I, I'm the best player. This is what we're expected to do at this point. We've got to take that next step and Tatum, 85 shots in the last three, and they needed every one of them. And he responded. I yep. mean, it's, he responded. I mean, the difference between Tatum and Embiid, one guy was now you say, well, Embiid's hurt. Okay, fine. You can say that. But Tatum responds. Tatum comes in and plays his 45, 40 minutes or 43 minutes, whatever he played last night, and responded. That's what great players do. We have such a hard time. You know, it's funny. I've been working on researching Lawrence Taylor, and when they asked Belichick the question about is is Makai Parsons similar to Lawrence oh, Taylor, and that Belichick just laughed it off. I mean, because nobody really understands. We have a hard time understanding what greatness is. We really do. You know, Parcells said this about Lawrence Taylor. He was talking to Tony Dungy on the field before a game, and he says, he says, you know, all these guys that hit 350 once in their life think they're as good as this guy, who's a lifetime 350 hitter. That's the we all think that. Hmm. Whereas great players string years together, games together, and and Tatum has done that. And I mean, look, he's had his moments where he didn't play well, but he responds, and I think that's certainly the credit to him and the Celtics. Okay, two things there. One, if you had under eight minutes on a 76er 
reference you cashed. He hit it at 7.30 into the show. We expected <laughs> 76. And well, I mean, you, hey, to me, no, they're the perfect team to draw a comparison hey, well, to. Uh, how, about, how about Harden two shots in the second half? And I just told you Tatum took 85 in three games. Like, like they're, that, that's right. the difference. But the difference is what, what, what no one wants to understand, and I've been saying it for five years, is there's no mental toughness for the 76ers. We could talk process all we want, but they are a classic example. And Celtics fans should feel happy about it. So should Heat fans of a team that has talent that is not mentally tough. And those teams never win. It's just never going to happen. And so they are the perfect example to use as the poster child for fall in love with this great player. Embiid's a great talent. He's not a, he doesn't play like a talented player when it counts. Tatum it does. As an aside, Belichick loved Lawrence Taylor, didn't he? He, was, he just thought Lawrence uh, Taylor was the greatest thing that ever walked the planet, defensively, well, I mean, a, look, as a player. I mean, look, he, like I said to him, I remember the first time I ever met Bill. I said, Bill, you don't even use a call sheet. Like, I see you with that starter jacket on the sideline. You're not even looking at anything. He says... I got Lawrence Taylor. I'm calling flip cover through cover two. Like, you know, he just <laughs> explain, that was, what, explain what that means to, to us. Like the layman's term. He, so he was going to call the same defense and the same coverage every single play because <laughs> no one could block Taylor. Doesn't matter. Like no one could block Taylor. Like he wasn't trying to make it out like, oh, well, I've got a but. No, he was just being down as Bill can only be honest and saying, look, this is the great player. I mean, when you get the Bill, Bill would talk about Taylor. He would talk about his Really, one of the things that struck out, struck to him completely was his rookie season when he was on all four special teams. They actually yeah. lined him up at gunner. That's insane. And he was the gunner, and he ran down and covered punts, and it became unblockable. He was a force in their punt team. He controlled field position just by lining out there. Eventually, then the Washington football team, then known as the Redskins, they put Dexter Manley out there. They put Charles Mann out there. They put Monty Coleman out there. His team started putting these big guys at gunner. That's how the gunner kind of became a popular position in punt, because of Taylor. Lawrence Taylor but, started know, look, as a gunner? He was a gunner on their punt team. He played on all four <laughs> special teams. insane. I love that. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, it was just like, like, but my point in bringing up Taylor is the fact that we have a hard time understanding what really great is. You know, like, like Giannis is great. I get, he's great. He could, you know, and, and Chris Paul's a really good player, and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, but he's, he's not to the level no. that we're talking about Isaiah, as you mentioned before. You know, Embiid's nowhere near Elijah Wan. Just go to YouTube and watch Elijah Wan and then compare him to Embiid. Just it's it's ridiculous, but we because of this because of all the social media and because of all the popularity we have, I see you, Steve, and I have the clock in my screen. Uh, that we have a sense of uh, of everybody's great. No, not everybody is great. Big Ben, aka Michael Lombardi, with the clock over there. We appreciate that. Golden State. Let's come back and discuss. They're back in yeah. the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 19. And good news, 76er fans. Daryl Morey wants to bring Doc. And James back. It's a party. I got a theory on that. We're back with that next Lombardi line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet, First Bet. Here are today's top horse racing plays from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel, both from Santa Anita. He likes in race one the three horse, Hudson Ridge at six to one. Nice price. Uh, in the eighth race, Jeff Siegel has the two horse. One more bid on top at two to one. You can bet these races and more using First Bet. The preferred horse betting app of VSIN. Bet these races and all others on the First Bet app. Sign up today. First Bet using the codes Vegas1000 for an instant $10 free up to a $1,000 bonus. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details. That's vsin.com slash horses for details. Okay, we welcome you in here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome back, of course, Nesson. Thrilled to have you up in New England. Marquee Sports Network, where Michael Lombardi is super popular because of his Trubisky takes there in Chicago. Although you were proven <laughs> right. So, I mean, I would imagine they're back on your side, no? Uh, I, who knows? You know, I mean, I love the Bears. They're great. You know, it's it's fun to... Uh, to uh, talk about bear football because they're passionate. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about sports is people are passionate and they want to argue with you and they want to debate it. And and not necessarily are you always right, but I think they want to kind of engage you into thinking that, you know, they have their hearts set on it. You know, it's to me, you know, I'm the opposite when it comes to the teams I root for. I'm kind of always negative towards the 76ers. I'm sure you're surprised to hear that. But, you know, I I think ultimately – you know, you want them to be, I don't always have that open mind and think that they're always doing the right thing because too many years I've watched them do the wrong thing. Oh, makes sense. By the way, just to the Marquee Sports Network fans and viewers, we have to say nationally, not overly thrilled with getting four or five national games, primetime games with the Bears this year. What was it, four, Michael, I believe? I think it was four, but I mean, look, it's a tribute to their fan base. It's at the market. It's fair. You know they're going to yeah. get great ratings, you know, and so it, we'll get a chance <laughs> to see Eberflus, and we'll see what Justin Fields can do in a new offense and how they adapt it. I, I think that'll be fun to watch, and, you know, we'll see if they can emerge. I mean, it's a rebuilding year as they kind of take over uh, this this whole uh, kind of, I think, to me, they went waited a year too long with Nagy. They waited a year too long with yeah. Pace. And as they rebuild this team in in the right vein and what they're trying to get accomplished. So we're gonna, we've got plenty. I've got – I picked out some scheduling oddities to then focus on some teams. We'll get to those coming up in just a little bit. Michael Lombardi, of course, here on the Lombardi line. So mm-hmm. I mentioned the first time the Warriors are back in the Western Conference Finals since 19. Obviously, this has been a great run over the last, what, 8, 10 years. Uh, Clay, we found the fountain of youth. Now, Clay Thompson, 30 points last night. And you mentioned they were sloppy, the Warriors, throughout the game. The one thing I'll say about Clay, he used to be a great defender. He can't move like he used to. You could tell, Michael. Well, He's limited. I mean, the knee, the Achilles. I mean, look, they, they win by they win by 14. They Memphis only turns the ball over six times, and they turn it over 17 times. But I think the story of this game, more than anything, is is it, it's you know football, basketball. It's all about the same things. Even though we kind of get messed up with all the analytics, it comes down to who can control the rebounding and who controls the boards and who plays with more physicality. And last night, you know, Memphis was out rebounded 70, 70 to 44. And that wear and tear is residually affecting the game. And that's why in the fourth quarter, you know, they, they, they basically, the, the fourth quarter, they outscored them 32 to 19, which was the difference in the game. Yeah. Looney had 22 green had 15. You mentioned it. They just killed them on the boards. 
And you know, twenty-five offensive rebounds. It's insane. Twenty-five. It it really is. And I understand that they've always been a good rebounding team and a defensive team. The one problem I do have is I believe it was seventeen. I look, yeah, seventeen turnovers for the Warriors. I I don't. You can speak on this from a front. When you're looking at the Warriors, it's been so successful. It's the same system, and it does feel at times like they get not laconic or bored, but they get sloppy. And 17 yeah. turnovers, they have to clean. If they're going to beat the Suns or the Mavs, they have to clean it up. They're going to have to clean it up. But when they shoot like they did, you know, when, when Clay's 8 for 14 from the three-point line, you know, and Curry wasn't even typical of himself. And he 29. Was 17, <laughs> you know, and it kind of wasn't a, it wasn't a great 29. But when they can do that, I, I, I really admire the Warriors. I, I think what they're able to do is – is as much as people get caught up in their three-point shooting, their ability to rebound and their ability to play defense and their ability to lock in when they need to, uh, you know, I, I think this franchise is going to continue to extend. I mean, I was Musselman posted some pictures of of Mooney, the kid that they drafted in the first round, who they didn't really pl- have to have him played at all. And, I mean, his body has changed dramatically since the time he left Arkansas to now. I mean, they've got some really good young players coming in to their pipeline that I think is going to sustain this organization. But you're right. I think Clay is the liability, but when he shoots as well as he does, he can make up for it. Yeah, that's fair. And you mentioned young players. I would imagine the Grizzlies present to you as a front office exec, like, that is a beautifully built team, young only going to get better. Did this without Ja. Brooks had 30. Bain had, what, 28 last night. J- Jackson Jr. There's a great nucleus here for Memphis moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think Memphis is really a, a tribute to what they to a team that understands how to build a winning championship, and, and they're, they've got a great future. You know, they, they won 56, 55 games, whatever they won this year. They were 58, I think, total. Uh, you know, they understand how to play defense. And they just played against a team that was more experienced and I think and more with more veteran leadership and then without their best player. But this is, you know, you've got to get good before you get great. And I think for Memphis, this is a step towards being from good to great. And when they add some pieces to their roster in the offseason, there's no telling how good they can be. I think they're well coached. They're they play hard. I mean, Bain, you know, not 30th pick overall in the draft. Dylan Brooks, late first rounder. Both those guys are really exceptional. I mean, I thought Dylan Brooks was it was he started out really hot. He's seven for 15 from the three point line, but then he cooled off later in the game. But he still was a dominant factor. You know, when they needed, they just couldn't score in the last five minutes. Yeah. Speaking of which, you mentioned great coaching, which they are very well coached. I think Jenkins is only 37 years old. So this sets up, you know, if you're a, if you're a fan base there and it's a great fan base down in Memphis for this Grizzlies team, they've got a bright future to look out for. So not necessarily okay. house money. Once you get here, Michael, you want to win these games, but you got to be feel pretty good about yourself moving forward. Well, it's hard to win a game when your best player is not on the Fair. court. You know, that's a hard thing. And especially, again, seven-game series, it's, it's, the, it's the long lens. It's the effect of it. It's the wear and tear, game to game to game. And, and I think that's ultimate. I think we saw that last night with Boston. I mean, Boston just wore down. Mil- Milwaukee had no gas. When they got to four, they didn't have another gear. Right. They couldn't quite get there. And Boston did. You know, Boston did because Boston's not missing the one player that Milwaukee really needs. It's not an excuse for Milwaukee. But that having Middleton's minutes and taking some of the burden off of Giannis, by the time they're there, as I've said many times, I mean, Giannis is exhausted by the end of the game. I mean, they're leaving it all out there, and I'm sure they will tomorrow afternoon. I've honestly been excited to talk to you about this part, and that is Daryl Morey spoke, said he wants to bring back Doc. He says he thinks Doc can unlock Harden. They're going to work with Harden's <laughs> representatives. What, like, what the hell? Like, help me. He has to help think that. Me. I mean, look, look. I, I think the one thing I've learned spending as much time as I did with Al Davis is, is you don't believe the narrative that's coming straight towards you. You have to look on the detour. And everything I think Maury said was what he had to say yesterday. I mean, he's got to endorse Doc. He's got to endorse Harden. But that doesn't mean any of it's true. You know, because if he comes out and says, well, we're going to evaluate Doc, now all of a sudden he has no leverage if the Lakers call him up and ask him, can we talk to Doc? He has no leverage. So I think he played it perfectly. He's saying all the right things, but I think he's got to put some real glasses on. And I think part of the things that have affected most teams in all sports is your inability to evaluate your own team correctly. Your inability to evaluate your own team correctly. The great teams, the teams that sustain success do that. And 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 Maury's 
conversation yesterday would lead you to believe he's not watching the same game. You know, I can remember Parcells and Ron Earhart on the sideline of a game, and they wanted Phil Sims to throw an out route. And they kept calling it, and Sims wouldn't throw it. So they come to the sideline, and Sims is like, why won't you, th- you know, why won't you throw? I wasn't there. And so by the third quarter, Parcells says to Ron Earhart, he says, look, he's watching a different game than we're watching. You know, like it's there. He, there's no sense in kind of beating it down. Well, Maury was – if he's thinking that there's a gear that Harden has, he's watching a different game than we're all watching. Like he's watching a different game. And, and that's just, to me, one of the biggest issues when you come to pro sports is your inability to correctly evaluate your own team. I've made the mistake. You kind of put your eggs in a basket thinking the guy's going to turn the corner, and it never happens. Yeah, I think the gear Maury's talking about is another downshift for Harden. Yeah. Because that is... Where's it going? Where's... I mean, tell me how many players you've ever seen get their legs back. Why didn't Maury just come out and say he disrespected the organization, he's fat, he's not in shape, he's, he's making, you know, 40 mil a year, and we're very disappointed. He's going to pick up the option, so why not motivate the guy as opposed to coddling him at this point? Well, I mean, the player has to pick up the option. Yeah, he's going to pick it up. Who what, else is going to pay? Uh, you know, he'll, I mean, I, I agree. Maury's I agree, the guy. But Maury's always protecting his assets as if, you know, he can con somebody into thinking he was like the Simmons thing, you know, thinking he can get more than he really could. It's going to be an interesting season next year. You were right about Doc. I thought they might move on. I thought Doc might move back out to Los Angeles. I don't think that's done yet. I don't think that's done. I think to me, I think that's all just backroom politics. I mean, look, when Doc left Boston, it was backroom. It's the all, not getting fired, but you might want to think about going somewhere else. We're back. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, thank you, Brent Musburger, Spring Special. We were just talking behind the scenes how great this one is. Now through July, th- what's up, Steve? Now through July 31st, 59 bucks. Vston.com slash spring. So here's what you're going to get. We'll give you baseball plays. Adam Burke does a great job. Nobody better every single day. Von Tobel is awesome on the basketball throughout the postseason. Remember, he's still got a long way to go. Andy McNeil, Michael's boy, Stanley Cup playoffs all the way through. Plus, golf with the boys, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, Kentucky Derby. We had the Kentucky Derby already, uh, unfortunately. Uh, not going to run in the Preakness, we understand. But Point Spread Weekly, very important here. Every Wednesday, Point Spread Weekly drops, and that's part of this deal. vcin.com slash spring. That's vcin.com slash spring. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, Michael Lombardi writing over at vcin.com. And you had a great article uh, recently that was all about the NFL schedule and how fans approach it and how a front office approaches it. I know you've talked about this a plenty, but we've got a brand new audience here. If you don't mind, let's refreshing. You take a look at the schedule. You're in a front office, and the first thing you look at is the month of September. Yep. I mean, it's the only thing you're really concerned about is where, what are we doing in September and then work backwards, right? You want to look at September and say, okay, we got these four games, New England. We've got to open up in Miami. We've got heat, humidity. We've got to get ready for that. Now, fortunately, they're going out to Las Vegas. They're going to practice out there. Uh, they're going to play a preseason game. I know it's indoors, but the Raiders go outside early in the morning. Different heat and humidity, but at least will give the, the Patriot team a little sense of the heat, right? they got to get up to that because when you go down to Miami in – in September, that, that heat and humidity zaps you. And no matter how much you think you prepare for it, you just don't, especially in Boston where Foxborough, you don't get quite that same intense heat that you get in South Florida. So you got that. Then you go and you've got to play in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, tough place to play, right? And so you know you've got to get ready for that. You've got to study the offense. Who's going to play there? Is it Pickett? What are they going to run? They're going to change the whole offense in Pittsburgh. So if you're New England, you're wondering what's going on. Then you've got a challenge against Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, his athleticism in Baltimore at home, and then you've got to go on the road to Lambeau Field. Those are the only four games Coach Belichick's really focusing about. But what he's focusing on is what does he have to prepare his team in what segment of each of those games to get them ready to play. And that starts now. You know, they've got rookie minicamp. They've got all their rookies in. And then now we'll start with the OTA days, start to have more practices on the field, 
and start to implement the things that they need to do to prepare themselves to start. Not that they want to go, not that they, you know, we got to go 4-0 in the month of September. No, you want to be able to prepare your team so that you're building up to a crescendo. I think starting with a hard schedule is better than starting with something that you're not sure because you get a better chance to evaluate your team. So September's about reevaluating your team, too. And let's throw it up because I want to walk through your mind again. Can you throw up the schedule for Michael? And I, I love the way you laid that out. So one thing you're looking at is you've, you've mentioned with a new season, you're also talking about new regimes, right? Where you, there's familiarity and where there's that unfamiliarity, you focus a little bit differently. So if you look at the four, how will Belichick and the staff approach the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Packers? Well, you know, he knows the Dolphins well. He knows Tua, but he doesn't know how they're going to modify what they're doing offensively. They were so much about RPOs, yards after the catch. I I think they did a really good job. Nobody in Miami thought that offense did a good job, but I thought based on Tua's limitations, they did. They got the ball out of his hand quick and into the receivers. But now with Tyreek Hill, it presents a whole new problem. How are we going to handle that? They know what they're going to be like defensively. They know how they want to play defensively. They know Josh Boyer, the defense coordinator. So that's a separate issue. So most of his time in the offseason now will be spent on Miami, how we're going to handle them, how we're going to play them, how we're going to attack Tua. What are we going to do to kind of close this gap? And then what can we do? to improve ourselves in the heat and humidity in Miami, which has been an obstacle to overcome going back as far ever. I mean, my first year in New England, we had a a lead at halftime that windled away because, frankly, we were a Super Bowl winning team that year, but really couldn't, that that weather just zapped us. So I think that, that starts off his whole thought process. And then what can he do in all three phases? Remember, Belichick's going to focus on can he win the kicking game against these teams? Can he win? Where can he gain the advantage offensively and defensively? And I think that's how he's going to start breaking down each and every team because the first four is all that matters. Because you, know, you say, well, Minnesota's his new coaching staff. Great. They do. But they're in week 9, 12. They're out the road. We'll know enough about them by the time we get to them that I'm not worried about them. What I'm most worried about is what's Baltimore going to change offensively? Are they going to? Are there going to be much of a difference defensively? because of, of, of Martindale no longer being there. How will that affect? Got to watch a lot of Michigan tape to see how he called that game. And then where is Green Bay without Devontae Adams? How's that all going to work and come together? And then for a fan, you see, take a look at the sked. There, we'll use the Patriots as a great example for Nesson. We just look for that bye, and it's sitting right there week 10. Feels like, as yeah. Ernie Adams said in that little great thing that you and I discussed yesterday with the schedule reveal, feels like a perfect bye sitting there at week 10. Well, they... It is, you know, and, and I mean, that's when for, for most teams, that's when the season truly starts, week 10, right? So you come off the bye, you got you to gotta go down and, and you get to host the Jets and you get to start your season and you could overcome anything once you can get going, you know, but you're going to have to figure out how to get this team ready in September, you know, because you're going to have to play well. Your rushing and completions are going to have to be at a high level. I think when you go back and handicap week one of the season, I think what you really want to do is go back to week one of last year. Go back to week one the year before and see what teams really come out of training camp with the ability to execute. Execution is all that matters in football, right? Rushing attempts added together with completions. Those two numbers come together. That tells you how you are. doesn't tell you who's going to win has nothing to do with winning. It tells you all about execution. It tells you about your pad level. It tells you about what your team is doing and what you need to improve on. When you have too many incompletions, obviously you're not, running, you're not throwing the ball effectively. If you can't run the ball more than 10 times a game, you're missing your blocks. So it just gives you an idea. And that, to me, is a betting and a betting network that we are. We've got to go back and study those teams. Last year, I loved Arizona in the opening game against Tennessee, not because I was clairvoyant and thought that they would upset them. I just knew that Kingsbury, in his first two seasons as a head coach, his teams came out of camp with really good execution and a high percentage of our our rushes and completions. By the way, uh, Brian Edwards, who the kid out of South Carolina, traded by the yeah. Raiders. You mentioned the Raiders. I pardon me uh, with the scattered mind here, but I just wanted to bring it up. And, and it's with a new regime. Maybe some players that you think have some promise. They just don't fit what we're trying to accomplish here as the new regime comes in. Raiders traded Brian Edwards to the Falcons, uh, plus a seventh rounder for a fifth rounder coming back here to Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't think that started off well. I don't think the kid really kind of endeared himself initially. Look, the, 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 the Raider offense, New England offense, is not as is something that you're going to have to work diligently at to perform at a high level. And, you know, and, and I don't know where Edwards was in terms of that, 
but his conditioning is something that needs to improve. He certainly has talent, but he didn't have the urgency. And look, it's easy when you do that. When you have a new regime coming in, you got to meet the standard of excellence that they set, not the standard of excellence that you set. So now he gets a fresh life in, in Atlanta. They get another receiver. I mean, how many more are they going to get? They can't, they can't stop the run. They can't run the ball. But other than that, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, if we can play flag football in Atlanta, it's just going to be delightful. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I really can't. And just to note, Michael was not thrilled with them taking Drake London, nor well, I mean, didn't make a ton I, look, of sense. I mean, I, this is not about Drake London, the player. Sure. This is about this is about team building. Like, you can't stop. You're, you're in the bottom you're not even at the bottom. You're, you're 29 to 32nd in most every statistical category, offensively and defensively, that affects the game, the offensive and defensive lines. You know, and you can't do anything. And there you go. Whatever you think of Jordan Davis, right? You know, I mean, you're going to let a big guy walk through and, and take a receiver. I mean, to me, receivers, and I'll say this, and I know it goes against the grain of team building today in the NFL, but receivers, when you go to a steakhouse, you know, the receivers are the mushrooms and onions. They're the baked potato. You know, they're the French fries. They're the, 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 the cream broccoli. They're not the steak. The steak are the offensive, the defense line, the quarterback. And when you lose sight of that, you, your team, you just drift further and further. And then people say, well, you know, they got great skill. Well, they can't get the ball to them. I mean, unless Atlanta can get – look, Matt Ryan still has aches and pains every morning he wakes up because of that bad offensive line. I don't care how many first-round picks they have on that line in Atlanta. I don't care how long they extend Jake Matthews' contract for. I mean, they can't block. It's obvious. My only question is, do we still have a sponsorship with Wendy's after you named about 10 f- foods I want to eat? Like, I'm hungry now. Is, can we get a bacon Well, I mean, look, it, it, it's so true. We get caught up with the side. You don't go to a steakhouse to order the sides. They're, they're great. They're you great. want them. Yeah, sure. They're, you want them. I mean, look, but when you're going to, if you go to Luger's or you're going to some of these great steakhouse, you're, you're going for the meat. You got to have the line. You've you got to fix the line. If you don't have great lines, you can't beat anybody. What are the top three steakhouses across the country you've been to? You know, the, my favorite one, well, he should sponsor the damn show, Jeff Ruby's in Louisville. Oh, that's one of my. I that's what everybody was go? talking about at the Derby. No, I mean, I was just working, but they were all saying, and go I to thought that about pharmacy I told you to go bro, to, to. I worked I 12 hours a day, both Friday and Saturday. And I flew I in know. on the red eye on Thursday night. Think about that. Was that I fun? It, but I know. No, they, I didn't. They just. They, they just they they whipped you like they were whipping secretary down <laughs> yeah, they, the stretch. Rich, you know? I was taking some rich strikes to the booty. Um, yeah. The but but I Jeff thought Ruby's, about you because everybody was going. Everybody was trying to get reservations at Jeff Ruby's. It's the, one of the best steakhouses I've been to, and not because they have the big bucket of jelly beans that I grab two fists at a time when I walk into place, which I'm which I'm sure they don't have anymore because of COVID. But it's just incredible. Chick Jack is next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, 
it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, so BetMGM, king of sportsbooks, you know this. But tomorrow, NBA game, place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. You're going to have two of them, two game sevens. And if they hit a three-pointer, use the bonus code CODE. It's actually C-O-D-E 200. You're going to win 200 bucks. So 10 bucks to win 200 over at BetMGM. Doesn't get better than that. Visit BetMGM.com. For your terms and conditions, you got to be 21 years or older. If you have gambling problems, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, speaking of BetMGM, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We're presented by BetMGM. And I think my man Carl Johnson, old Jick Jack, he agrees. Because if we take a look at Carl, he is representing BetMGM to the fullest <laughs> there. Right behind him, he's got the screen. Of course, <laughs> runs the race and sports book down at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, boy, Carl Johnson. How are we feeling, Carl? Well, good morning. Uh, we feeling good. Uh, it's good to see Michael. It's good to see you, Patrick. Uh, uh, you know, I filled in uh, last week with Wes and uh, uh, Dave. Those, those guys were fantastic. We're feeling good. It's a beautiful day on the Gulf Coast. Love it, Carl. Love it. I mean, now, what is your what is the interest most of the time here in Biloxi in terms of sports? Are, are you getting a lot of baseball plays? Is it a, is we still involved in basketball? Or are we all going all the way through first week of college football in the NFL? Yes. Yeah, so, well, no. Right now, you know, our 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 main uh, revenue, I guess, is coming from NBA. Uh, you know, NHL. Um, you know, we're getting some. Uh, Futures bets on these uh, season win totals, um, and you know, last weekend it was horse racing. I mean, we had a, you know, we had a fabulous week of horse racing last weekend, and uh, you know, yeah, so it's going good for us right now. Carl, now don't don't, don't be shy now uh, on your podcast. Uh, you know, uh, one more. Didn't you pick? The, didn't you give out the winner? I mean, you were clairvoyant in this. Don't don't be shy. Talk about this a little bit. <laughs> Well, you know, look, I, I don't I don't know a whole lot about horse racing, but I do know how to hit that all button. I mean, what a what, what a what a fabulous tool that thing is. So I what I did was I took uh, I, I played a little exacta uh, and I put the field over uh, three of the favorites. So yeah, it was uh, and it was worth. Uh, Forty-one hundred bucks. That's tremendous. Rich Strike eighty to you got him eighty to one, right, Carl? Yeah, I mean it. I don't know what he. I think he was. I think he paid one hundred and sixty-three dollars or something like that. So whatever that was, yeah. Yeah, that was that's that guy, tremendous. Drinks were on the house, Carl. Drinks are on the house. I love it, Carl. Well, speaking of yeah. which, he's been eating good. I noticed you've been picking it up as far as posting those that food on Twitter. We were just talking about Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. Looks like you had some nice steaks the other night. Hey, look! Uh, I, I accomplished the American trilogy this for my weekend. I, I did uh, red beans and rice and cornbread one night. <laughs> I did steak and shrimp one night, and then last night I went to the best barbecue house that I've I've been to in a long time. You know, most barbecue houses don't put food on your plate. This place packed it up. I mean, I was I was in heaven. <laughs> you were loving it. Um, NBA, you mentioned that's where most of the revs coming from there at the Beau Rivage. Uh, last night, let's go through how it went last night for you. The Bucks ended up closing one, uh, two twelve. So we had another under cash, and then of course you had the Grizz. Excuse me, the Warriors covering the seven and a half eight ish where it closed, Carl. Yeah, uh, we had a good night last night. So. Uh, you, you know, the, but the thing about these NBA games, I mean, uh, you know, I heard you guys talking to it, talking about it the other day. I mean, you know, you don't know if you're going to get a, a, a three or four point game or a 35 or 40 point game. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just so difficult to bet. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. 
Yeah, it's just the, the you just don't get the you know you don't get the same feel and you don't get the same flow. I mean, obviously the Milwaukee, uh, Boston series you, we've had that and and certainly that's been fun. But you know, hopefully we'll have three game sevens tomorrow and all of them will be really good. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that that'll be the case. Well, let's set up those numbers: Bucks, Celtics, Mavs, Suns tomorrow. You mentioned the game sevens. Where are you sitting with the numbers here, Carl? Yeah, Bucks Celtics. We're at uh, five and a half and two oh seven and a half. Uh, money line Celtics minus two twenty. Bucks taking back a dollar eighty. Wow, you're at five. Wow, that's amazing. So we dropped, yeah, and also Michael, that that total came back down. Remember, it went all the way up to two twelve last night, and yeah. now, as Carl just mentioned, two oh seven and a half. So adjustment on the total. And then, how about in Phoenix with Dallas? What do you got? Yeah, so uh, this one uh, we got Phoenix uh, six and a half and two oh five and a half uh, money line Phoenix minus two fifty and the take back on the Mavericks is plus two hundred. To me, this is the best series of them all. I, I think I do. I agree, Carl. Yeah, I mean we've had blowouts, but it's been you know what it's been. It what's great about these series, uh, specifically the Mavs and Suns, you could tell they don't like each other. So it's been yeah, chippy, yeah. and Luca has a little competition going on with Chris Paul. Paul's been bad for four straight games. I can, I don't even have to ask you, Mr. Lombardi. I know you're going to be betting your Mavs. No, no doubt. I mean, I think with the Mavs and talking to them this week, you know, they feel like they haven't played complementary basketball on the road. They've done it at home. They just haven't done it on the road, and they feel like they've got to get that energy level and, and create their, their swarm defense when they play in the outside arena, which has been very difficult for them. And, you know, this will be a very challenging game for, but but they've got to they've got to find a way to offset this the energy level that they gain at home that they don't seem to gain on the road as both teams do. So it's going to start with kind of contained Booker. They've got to be able to do a good job mixing things up. But they've got to shoot their best game. I think I think this is more than just Luca taking the game over. I think they've got to shoot really well from their role players. I mean, the one thing about Game Sevens. I think it's always about your role players. What role player is going to play above himself to kind of propel the team and to, and to win the game? And I think we saw that last night uh, with Boston. I mean, they got good play out of everybody. They got great play out of Tatum. But it's going to take it's going to take somebody on whether it's Finney Smith, whether it's Dinwiddie. It's going to take somebody like that to beat Phoenix. I think on the road. Yeah, the home away splits in that series have been unbelievable. When you take a look at the numbers, Carl. Thursday night the uh, schedules drop for the NFL. I would imagine interest there. When did you drop your season win totals in the NFL? Uh, let's see. Our season wins came out uh, oh about seven or eight days ago, something like that. Uh, you know, and just looking, uh, you know, I, and, and look, to be honest with you, we when when they first came out, we had a lot of action bet on these season wins totals. And it was, you know, the, the most confusing thing for me from a better standpoint, you know, not being a, a bookmaker, take that out of it. But from a better standpoint is how could you bet any of this stuff before the, the schedules were released? I mean, uh, look at Kansas City schedule. I mean, look at those first eight games for Kansas City. I mean, that's that's a gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, there, there. You know, it is. How about Philadelphia? Where's your win total on Philly? Uh, Philadelphia, we're at eight and a half. The overs juiced minus one fifty. Uh, the yeah. take back is plus a dollar twenty five. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be tough to get to nine wins there. I think. Well, they play. The only thing, Carl, is they play the AFC South. So you you know you've got you've got a chance. They've got Houston. And they, they've got Jacksonville, two teams they should play well. They play the NFC North, Chicago, Minnesota, perhaps in a rebuild, and, 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 and Detroit. So obviously they're not. So there's five games that, you know, they should be able to win. And then that puts them in position. All they've got to do is win four of the remaining 12 games that they have left on the schedule. I, I think that number's a little light, me personally, based on where they are and their ability to run the ball and their ability – to be a hard run team to play. They're not a typical run team, lead weak, lead strong, power, you know, outside zone. This is a difficult run game that you've got to kind of prepare yourself for. I think it certainly gives them an advantage. And to your point, if you want to bet the over on the Eagles this year, go bet it at Carl Johnson's book there at the Beau Rivage because he's got eight and a half. Carl, I just looked up a book in town. They got it at nine, 110 up and down. So, 
That's yeah. the difference. You got to shop for these be- the, the best number because eight and a half and nine. That's all the difference in the NFL, Carl. Yeah, you got to lay a little juice with us, you know. I mean, dollar fifty is pretty strong, but uh, yeah, and, and you know that's how it works. You know, we'll you know we'll take a bet on this thing, and uh, you know it, it it may move to nine minus one ten also, but uh, right now that's where we're at. So a Saturday there at the Beau Rivage with no NBA basketball. What's on the agenda there? Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, we got some NHL, and how about those series? Is all of them being tied three three? Uh, so, I mean, we're going to, we're going to do some hockey today. We'll have some pretty good action today and, uh, we'll be looking for something to eat around here. I'm sure, but I'm going to take it easy today. <laughs> Wait, so you're not on that juice cleanse that I was hearing about? You're not on that three day juice cleanse, Carl? Uh, the only juice I put in me, baby, comes out of a bottle. Yeah, and it's going to have some kind of white liquor in it. I can promise you that. Like, I don't that's, think, it, you know. That's a good type of juice. That's jungle yeah, juice. I, uh, yeah. Well, you're the best, Carl. Beau Rivage down Biloxi, Mississippi. Stop by. Get a selfie. Uh, Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Jick Jack. You guys Jack. have a Appreciate good day. You. All right, Mike. See you later. The three-day cleanse. Nope, that ain't happening. I think he, when he said, I think I'm going to have to try to find some food a little later, that was a given. <laughs> we, yeah, that, we no know. doubt. There's no cleanse going on there. No <laughs> he, chance. He brought up the Chiefs. We'll get to them next. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.